Space World podcast helps independent creators live their creative and financial freedom. I'm your host, Fei Wu, and I'll be taking you through a series of interviews with creators from around the world who are living life on their own terms. Each episode is packed with tactics, nuggets you can implement, origin stories to make listening productive and enjoyable. We're not only focused on the more aspirational stories, but relatable ones as well. We also have non-interview-based mini-series releasing throughout the year to help deep dive into topics such as freelancing, marketing, even indie filmmaking that will benefit creators like you. Show notes, links, and ways to connect with the guests are available on phaseworld.com. Now, on to the show. Hey guys, this is Fei Wu from Phase World Podcast. But remember, we are now called Phase World Media because we have a podcast, a YouTube channel, and a documentary series on Amazon Prime. We're super excited and we welcome you to check out all that information and stories that we have put out there. And the theme, again, is the same. We're here to help creative entrepreneurs. And today on the show, I welcome Ian Gray. So Ian Gray helps entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits by using live video confidently. I mean, it couldn't be more timely of an episode because Phase World Media on YouTube has been releasing, well, I have been releasing a ton of live stream, multi-stream, and simulcasting tutorials because I've been doing things along the same line. How did I discover Ian, you may be wondering? Actually, it wasn't through multicasting or even his content related to videos. I was in search of a new social media management platform. Uh, you guys probably didn't know this, but uh, my VA, Rose, and I had had been using Agora Pulse for a long time. It's a French company. It's very popular among more mature entrepreneurs. And well, they're not cheap. So I was looking for a, a cheaper but an equivalent platform and took me Oh my God, such a long time. In retrospect, I mean, I wish I found Ian much earlier on, but as I was looking for Agora Pulse alternatives, I found this article, I believe, if I remember correctly, like seven reasons or 10 reasons not to use Agora Pulse. And this is what's called a mega blog post so instead of just long form, like two, 3,000 words. Ian has been historically writing these mega blog posts which will take him, you know, weeks to write each and every one. But the information is just so complete and superior. I mean, you're literally looking at every single social media management platforms and understand the difference, uh, their impact and the price points and how you can go about choosing them. I was so utterly impressed, guys, to be quite honest. So I ended up reading everything else. I, I went to Ian's About page, by the way. His website is... Uh, iag.me and I went to his about page found out that he was a professional singer a trained professional singer who stumbled upon social media and you know, building up his website and had these viral blog posts which I'm not surprised at all before he began developing you know these live video tutorials and so we just hit it off right away I mean I couldn't be more excited if you haven't watched the video, I recommend that you go check it out. By the way, you can access these live stream videos uh, when I go live with my podcast guests. 
uh, as soon as they're available, as soon as we are live on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash face world. We also go live on our YouTube channels. Um, so to do that, you have to visit uh, our YouTube channel by searching for face world on YouTube and then make sure you hit the subscribe button and then the bell button to get notifications. So when we go live, you'll get notified on your phone, on your computer, which is quite convenient. Uh, actually also via your email. So uh, that would be the easiest. With that said, I, you know, on video, Ian was also able to show me the devices, the hardware he's been using. Uh, he's definitely ahead of the game compared to me, but I'm also learning furiously and sharing these tutorials on my own YouTube channel. But I just feel like, again, there's a lot of synergy uh, opportunities for collaborations with Ian and um, his coaching uh, and, and his honesty to talk about how he got started live streaming, how uncomfortable he felt. But on top of that, some of the best practices and, and tips that he, you know, was able to adapt quickly and learn from, and, you know, put together as guides for for us uh, to then become more professional. Well, speaking of which, I'm actually staring at a little sticky note about live stream best practices I've learned over the past number of weeks is some of the mistakes I notice I'm making, including not having clear beginnings or clear endings. And sometimes I get too excited. I don't really introduce my my guests more fully. Uh, I definitely want to do that also because it really helps with post-production, which is what I'm doing now with my producer, Herman, to know when the episode starts and when it finishes, right? And uh, and without having to kind of reintroduce my my guests uh, at the beginning again, who knows? You know, the truth is, guys, whenever you try something new, you're going to make a ton of mistakes and you you might never ever reach the perfection and the most optimal state because you're constantly improving. And that's something that Ian and I talk about. So I find these, you know, these conversations to be incredibly helpful and also reassuring because when you are a solopreneur or content creator, it can feel really isolating and lonely at times. I mean, I'm very blessed with having so many supporters in my life, but not everybody has that or ha- have that community of people they can trust and bounce ideas off of. So um, I use these conversations as an opportunity for me to learn, but also for me to grow. Um, so I hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, I tend to share a bit more now at the beginning of these episodes about my own life, uh, what I'm about to do, what I have done recently. So if you find these things to be less interesting, well, you can just fast forward usually the first five minutes and jump, uh, jump right into these episodes. I so appreciate you. Please be well. Take care of yourself, your family. I'll see you at the end of the episode. If you have any recommendations, uh, conversations you would like to have with me, and you know, hit the record button. Send me a message right on anchor.fm where we host our podcast or find me on social media everywhere under FaceWorld, F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D. I will see you next week. Take care. Much love. Mwah. Uh, hey everyone, this is Fei Wu from Face World Media, and believe it or not, it's my birthday today. So I'm celebrating with yeah two guests. One, uh, Ian Anderson Gray, as you can see on my screen. Uh, I found Ian because I was looking for a social media management platform. Um, so more to come on that. 
most recently, I discovered as soon as I went live streaming, multi-streaming for my content, I realized that Ian is this authority who has published so many, you know, courses and eBooks and so many long, long, long form articles on his website, which you can see in his name tag here. So super, super excited to have Ian here. We're going to learn a lot today. Welcome, Ian. Thank you. And happy birthday. I didn't realize it was your birthday. Hope you're having a great day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I haven't announced that for like 20 years. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, it's so weird as an adult, but... Uh, I, oh, why not? We're, we're all... We're all- we're all little children inside, I think. <laughs> Very much so. I think just by reading your website, your business and your your background, I was thinking, wow, like I'm so thrilled to have met people all over the internet, all over the world, and to talk about the things that we you know, both love and share and to be able to build a, a lifestyle business. So um, where are you currently located? So I'm based uh, just south of Manchester in the UK. And I've I've been living in this kind of area probably, yeah, most of my life. I, I did live in Scotland for a couple of years. My parents are from Scotland. Uh, and I've done a lot of traveling. I've spoken in different countries around the world. But yeah, home is near Manchester in the UK. Nice, nice. Oh, awesome. We have uh, at least two more guests from that area. Uh, the cool. Atherton twins from Cirque du Soleil. And I've interviewed them like three times and put them in the documentary. So there's awesome. a bit of a connection there. Um so Ian, could you, you know, I want to dive right in because there's so many questions I have right now. Uh, as you know, we, doesn't matter where we are on the planet, on this planet, we're all under some sort of, uh, you know, quarantine or, you know, stay home or mm. limited access to the outside world. And all of a sudden you captivated uh, this, this genre, this, this skill, which is to help people get, feel more confident on camera understand how they can use a live stream as a service, as a way of growing their business. Could you tell me a bit more a bit more about that, how you got into Why do you think it's important? Well, do you want the short story or the long story? I mean, we, it depends on how far back you want to go. But I mean, certainly I've, I, I've been doing live streaming. I've been embracing live streaming since uh, 2016 uh, and a little bit before that. Um, and I initially saw live streaming. I, I, so this is when Facebook Live came out in 2016. And mm. it seemed that every, every one of my friends had access to it, but I didn't. Probably being in the UK and also have, being an Android user at the time, I didn't have access to it. And then OBS Studio, um, I discovered this software called OBS Studio that allowed me to go live to Facebook for, uh, mm. for my computer. And it was really cool. But the problem was it was really complicated. And so I found a way to make it really easy for people to to use OBS Studio. I launched the course, and then I realized that the the, the my background actually is I, I trained as a professional singer. I've been I've been teaching, and that combined my my that my love of teaching, my love of performing, uh, combined with my love of technology, being a bit of a geek. Uh, that live live video was a bit of um. I don't know, just this kind of sweet spot between all of those things. And so I've been teaching that ever since. And I think the, 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 the reason I really love live video is although I still find it a little bit scary to get in front of the camera, I still need to push myself. Mm-hmm. It's a way for us all to be, I hate to use the word because it's overused. It's a way for us to be authentic, to be real, to, to show our flaws and uh, for people to get to know the real you. And that, that is why I love it. And it's also 
because it's so easy to create content. You mentioned my blog posts. My goodness, some of those blog posts have taken me weeks and months to produce the amount of effort that goes into them. And they've been amazing. But with live video content, once you've, you've done your quick planning, you press your live broadcast button, and then you've got a piece of amazing content that you can re- repurpose into blog posts, into podcasts, and all this kind of stuff. And oh my goodness, that's changed so much for me over the past year and a bit since I launched my show and podcast. I, I can't tell you. Wow. So I didn't, this is such good information. I didn't even realize that you, your podcast when you launched a year ago was already live streaming. You never had, basically you never like pre-produced or edited, you know, uh, or, or how do you manage that process? I'm just curious because most of us are, you know, recording, planning, editing, editing, publish live marketing, right? Yeah, so I, I I call this the five P's process uh, when it comes to the whole live video thing. And so the first thing that you need to do is obviously plan, no, no matter what you do. So you got to you got to ask the question: Well, where am I going to go live? Um, so you need to think about the platforms. You need to think about well, why am I doing it? When am I doing it? What what am I going to be talking about? You need to plan all those things. Uh, and I put a, a document together which answers all those questions. I put in there who my audience is. I need to know why I'm doing it and who I'm talking to. And that, that, that's the kind of standard thing that we all need to do. Um, and then I then go into the pre-promotion stage. So I always schedule my, my live broadcasts to Facebook and YouTube and, all, and the other channels. So I, I make sure I, I pre-promote, I let people know what, what I'm doing, wh- wh- when I'm next going to be going live. Then we're getting onto the production side of things. So I've developed this over time, but this is when it comes to actually going live and the preparation into going live. So I currently, I'm using Ecom Live and Restream to go live. And I, I've, I've, I set it up, I, I go live. I also record the audio. I use Adobe Audition for that. Uh, and I structure my live shows in a way that makes sense for the podcast. So I have, the way I do it is I have a three or four minute segment right at the beginning as I welcome my live viewers to, to the show. It's a bit of a, um, if I have a guest on, it's a bit of an informal chat. It's me just, you know, welcoming people. Uh, and then I will get on with the main show. So I'll have um, a segment, a video, a video segment, video intro. And it's at that point when I start recording for my podcast. And, uh, and then that records right to the end. Uh, so I'll come on to that a little bit more about the podcast in a bit. But then the next stage, once I press that end broadcast button, we then go into the post-promotion side of things. So this is the fourth P, uh, very similar to the pre-promotion, but we've now created a piece of evergreen content. So we want to make sure that people we uh, come back and watch the replay and, and people and and that kind of thing. And then the final P, which is the bit that so many people forget and the bit that I'm really excited about is the repurposing of the content. So I can then take that audio, um, I can edit it, I can, I can, so I'll edit out the bits that don't make sense for the, uh, for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I will turn that into a blog. I'll turn that into social media posts. And uh, there's so much you can do with that. So yeah, that's, that's my process very, very quickly through, through it all. Yeah, absolutely. The, the five piece, I need to read on that. The reason why I was clapping, uh, you know, not very loudly because we're live uh, on repurposing is that recently uh, I put together a course as well. I didn't even plan on talking about it, but it's a, a course to help train virtual assistants for podcasts. And cool. one of the areas 
I can't wait to. I'm gonna. If you could help me take a look and get some feedback, that will be amazing uh, after this session. And what I have learned is just the repurposing piece is something that I've been highlighting, but yet it's something that a lot of people haven't realized. So in marketing, we talk about selling something that people don't quite desire or don't really see as an opportunity is kind of hard. But just like you said, for years, we have repurposed quotes from our guests, the things that they say and that we'll put on you know, interesting backgrounds or white backgrounds. We've been using headliner for audiograms to yeah. get the sound bites out and then people like that and maybe they will listen to uh, part of the episodes. And like you said, blog posts are so incredible. Like I neglected that for the longest time just because it takes a while to write. So number one, I get the transcript. So people have reached out to me, people with uh, certain disabilities will say that, how do we access your content? So we get the transcripts and, um, and then... Obviously, that's not really sufficient or enough, but we're just like baby steps to kind of get our content out there to be exposed to more people at the right place at the right time. And mm. brilliant. I love that. Yes, it's cool. I, I wouldn't be without it. I mean, yes, I still believe in long form blog content. I wouldn't be here today with if I hadn't invested that time. But it, live videos save so much time. And at the end of the day, not... This, I know this all sounds shocking. <laughs> it's not really, but you know, not everyone likes live video. You know, and uh, you know, I. So we all have different ways that we have in our audience. We have people who like different ways of consuming content. So some people absolutely love live video, hopping on and commenting and getting involved. There will be some people that prefer to listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. There will be some people that prefer to read, and there will be some people like me who likes a bit of all of that and. So we, I think creating content that is going to cater for, for everybody. And of course, you mentioned you know, people who have special needs, people who have uh, trouble reading or trouble listening. You know, So actually having different types of content is so important. Absolutely. And um, wow, you said something right up front. I think it's one of the, the first or the second P, the planning phase. Mm. I found myself planning and then just something that I immediately reminded me of, wow, I need a structure and because such as today, I'm inter interviewing two people as opposed to one, all of a sudden I need to make sure that my restream uh, captions, title, descriptions are up to date, that I'm still broadcasting to the right channels, that I'm introducing my guests correctly. And, uh, and one thing is I notice like people don't really read a whole lot of a description when they're watching the video, but they do need an idea or, or a quick hit to say, why am I listening? So I, I kind of want to, want to be coached by you for a second. So I took a different approach. Originally, my title would say Face World Media or Face World Podcast. Faye, we interviewing Ian Gray. And now I changed our title today. Maybe you're not seeing it right now, but it says, you know, how to grow your business with live stream and multi-stream. So kind of that becomes the title or, or a way in. And then in the description, they talk a bit more about you and me. What have you learned or what have you seen as maybe, oh, that what's the right approach or what's a more optimized approach? Yeah, so I think that's that's a really smart approach because at the end of the day, you know, people are busy, you know, and there's so much competition out there. And so you need to give people a reason for actually listening to this. And yes, your, your dedicated, your core audience may know who, well, they will know who you are and they will know they want to listen to you or watch you. But how about the other people out there? And so you need to give people a really kind of solid reason why they should be 
watching you and, and giving up their time. So actually putting that in the title is really good. I, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't think I, this is something that I'm continually working on and trying to optimize things. And over the last year, so what I've done is I've, I've um, so my VA has been helping me with this because she's a, a massive of um, Asana fans. So she's got me onto Asana and we, we've developed this process and we've been tweaking little bits and optimizing bits. And this is the, the, the title on the description is the bit that I still quite haven't got perfect. But that's the thing. It's never going to be perfect. We've got to constantly tweak things and optimize things over time. Um, so and, and so there are other questions like, well, when when's the best time to go live? How long should I go live to? Mm-hmm. There is actually no... There's, there's actually not like a, like a definitive answer for that. You have to play around because it's going to depend on your audience, depend on where you're located and, and the, the platform that you're broadcasting on. So I would continually tweak those things and see what, see what works for you. And one thing you can do with, with Restream, so I, I know you're using Restream, is they've got, a, they've got an analytics section. Yeah. So you can actually see um, how many people are watching live or, or when maybe when people dipped off. And, and so maybe at that point you think, Okay, well, maybe that wasn't the right thing, that the right direction to go in. Maybe I'll change the direction next time, or maybe I'll change the time. And, and you can tweak things, you know, over time and work out what's best for you. Mm-hmm. That's a, such a good point as a content creator, uh, I, as part of the channel and people who are watching this, and especially on YouTube. A lot of people became content creators since the pandemic, and they didn't realize that they were creating content before. But now it's just more in a format where. They feel like they're doing a lot more through live stream. They're uncomfortable, which mm. we'll get to in a second. But I think one thing I want to remind just everyone who had, you know, people who haven't been podcasting, producing YouTube videos and all that is you really don't have, like you said, you don't have a solid answer to all of these questions. There are great questions, but you just have to keep practicing, experimenting, yeah. trusting the process. And I run a small mastermind and one of the gentlemen, a, a Warner, mentioned that when he releases a podcast, say on LinkedIn, it's not that everybody's going to just drop everything they're doing, start listening to him, right? Most people won't even listen, but in a professional network, people are like, you know what? Somebody's still in the game. Somebody's doing something interesting. And it triggers something where he has gotten clients because new clients during the pandemic, because people are seeing him actively doing something and scanning the title. So that's something people don't really think about because- I don't know how you feel about this, Ian. I, when you start, yeah, you know. yeah, I, I, I'm really glad you brought that up because not a lot of people talk about that, and they're kind of almost afraid to admit that that's it. You know, when you first go live, even like the first dozen shows you do, that you may not have that many people watching you live. You may not even have any, mm-hmm. um, but don't give up. You know, yes, there's things you can do to pre-promote it and let people know about it. But the fact that you are going live, the fact that, you know, the people will be notified, they'll see you, they might see you and they might not have time to look to, to watch your live video. They may not have time to, to watch the replay. But the fact is they see that you are turning up, that you are being consistent. And, and so that's, that's really important. And so they may then eventually come and watch you and, and watch like two minutes and then they may be hooked and come back and spend, you know, spend more time with you. But yeah, you can. I mean, in fact, I've I've had business from people who have haven't actually watched um, like a whole show of mine, but they've 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 seen me go live regularly, and they know that I'm turning up, that I'm a professional, that I know what I'm talking about, and so they've hired me because of that. So um, it would be great if 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 all our audience would watch us um, 
all the way through every single week. But, you know, um, welcome to the real world. <laughs> no, yeah. so it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then I think it's really okay. I don't know something really profound happening. And I'm glad that's happening to me. It, it took years of overcoming that fear. I think, to be honest, like as, uh, as a, a woman of color, as someone whose first language really isn't English, I grew up in Beijing and people who know me really well know exactly when I make mistakes, the type of, you know, grammar, whatever that is, you know, accents, they can spot that very quickly. But the rest of the world won't and they don't really care. But there's always that, you know, you, you feel really polarized somehow mm -hmm. to put yourself out there. Because when I started the podcast, my own podcast in 2014, it wasn't really like a household activity. Now, you know, people feel like everybody has a show today. That's even what people said back then. Uh, you know, there's some people reacted to be, oh, my God, what an idiot. Like she's starting a yeah. podcast. I really... You know, it, it took um, a lot to kind of overcome that. But oh, I yeah. am so glad that you and I took that leap and just published regardless it, of what other people have to say. It's, it's a huge issue. Um, and, you know, I, I'm going to be totally honest with you. The, the first... I, I, so I went... I, I, I launched my show a year ago. And I'm so proud of myself that I've gone... I've, I haven't necessarily gone live every single week, but so I've... I've uh, Done. I've produced a podcast every single week consistently, and that for me was was a big thing because I'm I'm a I like to call myself I'm a recovering perfectionist. I've mm -hmm. always wanted to get things perfect, and it was a huge problem when I first tried to launch my show. It was probably it was a year ago, but it should have been two or three years ago. I procrastinated like nothing, and part of that was. My my issue, my, one of my big flaws, and I think this is the flaw that every, pretty much most people have, is that I want to be liked. I don't, I'm, and I'm worried about being judged. I'm worried about people like seeing like seeing me and not liking the way I look or the way I sound or thinking I'm a fraud. You know the whole imposter syndrome thing. Mm -hmm. So I really struggle with all of those things. And, and at, at the end of the day, I just I got fed up with myself, and I thought, you know, enough's enough. Uh, I've actually, it actually took somebody saying to me, you know, Ian, you're actually being selfish. You're trying to, you're trying to get everything perfect. Whereas actually your audience are, are just there. They're wanting to hear from you, flaws and all. In fact, they actually like your flaws mm -hmm. and you just need to get out there and go live and, and you will learn through the process. And yeah, the first few videos, if I go back now and watch my first three or four live videos, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that great, but I've learned through that process. So you've got it. You've got to do it. And yes, you will. You know, you'll get some people like who who won't like what you you do and and may say some bad things. But they're never going to be your clients. They're never going to be your audience. So you just got to kind of like let them pass and keep keep kind of becoming more you, being authentic. I know it's a, an overused word, but the, your 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 dream clients, your dream audience will love those bits about you. So so just shine shine through all of that. Yeah, exactly. This is so different than being like a keynote speaker. And even then, I love yeah. watching. This is why I interview you know the Athertons from Cirque du Soleil and eighteen other circus uh, actors and actresses because I want to know what they do in their daily lives. I want to know yeah. how they raise children when they have to come home at one in the morning. Right. Or mm, some of them mm. party throughout the night, but their schedule are totally different. And, 
you know, I, I don't know what people, I want to get to how you educate and teach people to be more confident, to feel more like themselves on camera, because I was thinking, okay, right before this call, I was like, what are some of the things that people may be afraid of going live? Like, what if you have to go use the, the restroom? Well, you can remedy that by remembering to go beforehand. But what if you start coughing? And like, well, this one time I got so excited, I just start coughing like nonstop. And then it's like, water won't fix it. Something in my throat, something in my eye. But those are such human moments that everybody exactly. can relate yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so when those things happen to you, you've just got to be able to kind of laugh at yourself. I think, you know, don't take yourself so seriously and, mm. and make, make fun of it and say, oh, I'm, like, I'm so sorry. My goodness, you know, I don't know where that cough came from. You know, actually, you can joke because people will empathize with that. And mm. there's, there's, there's things like there's technical issues. You know, people will forgive technical issues, but you've, you, obviously having a checklist is really going to help there. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you, you have a checklist so that things, things that you could avoid going wrong won't go wrong. But, you know, in the last few months, there was, I had um, somebody on my show, a guest on my show, the first time we tried to get her on, there was a power cut. You know, there wasn't much I could do about it, you know. Um, and then the second, uh, so we got her on a week later and the internet went down. In fact, the internet went down for, for my ISP across the whole of the UK. So again, there wasn't much I could do about that. You've got to, but we, we had fun about it. In fact, um, one thing that I did is at the beginning of my podcast, I do, I do, um, I come up with a, a theme song. So I actually sing a, a different theme song for all of my guests, which I know sounds completely mad, but I actually sung a song about how, uh, how you know, how frustrating it was that we had a power cut and, and, um, and uh, the internet going down halfway through. So, you know, have, have fun with it, joke, joke about it. Um, but then there's other things, you know, you, you um, I, I think actually making sure that before you go live that you, you acknowledge the fear that you might have. You know, I I still have those butterflies in my in my stomach. I I have th- that that nervous energy. But what I've found really helpful is to to turn or to think about instead of thinking about it as as fear and being scared, think about it as being excited because the emotions of excitement and feeling scared are actually very very similar. So that's really helpful. And then. The other thing that pe- people can do is to warm up their body and warm up their, their voice before they go live. So actually, you know, the kind of uh, warm-up exercises you would do before going to the gym, you can do before you, you, um, you go live. So stretching exercises, uh, relaxing your upper body, getting rid of any tension that you may have, uh, making sure that your, your voice is working, that you're doing low and high uh, bits in your voice so you don't sound like a robot and smiling do some there's actually some facial exercises you can do just to to make sure that you're you're smiling because that makes a massive difference too and then the other thing is it is it is scary doing a live video on your own so bringing in a guest or bringing a co-host is really good but the other thing is uh tell get some of your friends particularly at the beginning to come on and watch your live videos i know that sounds silly um, but actually get some people to watch. And, and so it's a lot easier if you know you've got some friendly faces who are in the audience um, and listening to what you're, you're saying. So, um, and then, of course, the other things that you can do, be, even before you think about going live, there are some other things you can do, such as uh, Instagram stories are a great preparation to going live because they, 
first of all, um, it's getting used to being in front of the camera. The only 15 seconds of video, you can be consistent. You can say, well, I'm going to do two Instagram stories every day for the next, I don't know, month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's something that we, you can manage. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Because they get deleted after a day. Mm-hmm. So that's a great way of, of getting, getting prepared. Once you get to the next stage, go live on your Facebook profile and change the privacy settings to only me. So you can, so no one's going to watch you, but you're just testing it out, playing with it. Um, and then the next stage is to maybe go live in a private group uh, with your small and core audience before you then go live to the whole world, which is a bit more scary. Yeah, it, these are such uh, practical advice and, and tips that people can practice. Mm-hmm. And and some people might say, oh, you know, I have a busy schedule, I have kids, and I have so many other things I'm not getting done. But I think one one area people, at least in the US, I'm, I'm sure in the Western world, talk about investment a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. you put in a lot of effort and people want to know, what is the return? What am I benefiting? What? How is this thing going to benefit me so that I know it's worth my time? Well, I think a lot of people don't think about this, but just by going to work, you know, at least in corporate America, you go to work, you can spend the entire day without saying much at all. And, and mm. get by that, especially if you're not in a senior leadership position, that you're not giving speeches, you're sitting there typing email. And it's incredible how people lose touch with not just the outside world, but also with themselves. They actually don't know what the their voices, mm. their authentic voice even sound like anymore. Or um, I have worked with a lot of people, women in particular, to say, you know, by the time they reach their mid-40s or, you know, empty nesters in their 50s, they don't know what they actually like. They don't They don't really know what yeah. to go after. And it's really sad because I think somehow that by practicing live streaming and get yourself out there, not only you're communicating with yourself, getting better uh, at just communications in general, but you're voicing yourself to other people so that others around you can maybe help you. I, I can't tell you, uh, Ian, how many times I'm just sharing the message and everybody's like, oh, how about this? Uh, you know, you're developing the course. You know, uh, uh, Jonathan, my friend Jonathan said, hey, check out this uh, Reddit uh, forum. You know, there's a lot of helpful information. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I, I said something. <laughs> yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. I mean, it's, it's so many advantages in, in going live. It's, it's, yes, there's the, the, the standard stuff like it's a way to grow your audience. It's a way to create content. Mm-hmm. But it's also a great way to, to learn more about yourself to um, to work on your mindset, um, to have amazing guests on your show and to learn stuff from them and, and to... Uh, it's just so much, so much about it. And I didn't necessarily know all those things when I first launched my show, but it's been amazing to... I've, I've just had so many amazing guests on my show. I've had psychologists and marketers and uh, tech people. And I've grown so much and I've grown in my confidence. So... the, the you know, if, if you ask the question, you know, what's the best way of getting more confident? Well, I, I stand by all the things that I've said, but the best way to, to get more confident is to press the button and go live. And, and yes, you will make mistakes and it will, you'll probably have sometimes when you feel like a complete idiot. Um, but you know what? Um, keep doing it and you'll get more and more confident. You'll never get perfect. So the graph will never get to that perfect state. But I think at that point, if you ever get to perfect, it's probably time to give up because it will be boring and we don't want that. Yeah, exactly. It will be very boring. So um, speaking of which, uh, Ian, I, I'm really impressed by 
the fact that, you know, there's so much content out there and the fact that when people search for, you know, social media platforms, when they search for live streaming, multi-streaming, your name would come up. And I was really surprised and, but at the same time felt indebted to you because, you know, when you just you, me, or anybody searching for content on YouTube or Google, we really want to get to the bottom of it. We want to get to Mm. the answer, the information that helps us lead the way. And you were the one. So um, I would love for you to share a bit about your journey because I read your about page that you did not expect your blog to take off through just a couple of articles. And a lot of people don't think that this is true, that they need to write. You need to write a lot, but it really takes sometimes one or two blog posts. For me, it took one YouTube video to really kind of take off. So could you yeah, yeah. talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm i not, in some ways, I'm not a prolific blogger. Now, I don't write, I don't, well, it, with the live show that I've got, I'm now able to produce a weekly, a weekly blog post. But before that, I certainly wasn't. So I think, as, as I said before, I, I, I trained as a professional singer. I was teaching. I had a web agency with my dad, which I still uh, run. But it was back in 2011, 2012. Uh, I I'd always wanted to write a blog. And so I thought, I'm just going to create a blog. And social media marketing is still in its infancy. I, I just thought it's a really interesting area. I've, I, and so I, I will start blogging about that. And so I launched my blog late 2011. And I was playing around with a with a tool called Hootsuite, which I'm sure many, many of your viewers and listeners will have heard of. Um, and at the time, it was really one of the only social media management tools out there. But I was just a little bit frustrated with it. I saw a lot of blog posts out there that were singing its praises and saying it was amazing. And yes, there were lots of good things about it. But I wanted to write an article that, yes, looked at the positive stuff, but also helped people understand what the the bits about it that were missing. Uh, and maybe in the back of my mind, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I don't know whether Hootsuite's probably never going to read this, but maybe they will. And, you know, they can add some extra bits. So I wrote this article that ended up being seven reasons not to use Hootsuite. And it was, in a sense, quite a provocative or controversial um, title. But I went into loads and loads of detail, because I think I get frustrated by fluff articles that just are surface deep. I want to, I want to know the detail. So I wrote, you know, the seven reasons why I thought um, Hootsuite could be better. And I, and I wrote that article. And after a couple of weeks, it just started to go viral. I didn't know this at the time. And, and you know, when I launched my blog, I had no thought for monetization. I probably didn't even know what the word monetization <laughs> meant. And I was just doing it as a bit of fun on, on the side. And... Yeah, after after a year that went that went viral, and I wrote more articles. Um, the the articles that went in depth did really really well. And then it was in 2015 I I um, went to Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, which was a massive deal for me because it's a long way to go and it's expensive to to fly there and all that kind of stuff. But the following year in 2016, I was asked to speak at that conference. And that is as a result of those blog posts that I wrote. Uh, And then it was that year that Facebook Live became a thing. And then I pivoted into the world of of live video. And I've written some, I suppose I call them mega blog posts since about that that have done really well too. In fact, the one on Facebook Live and OBS is the one that kind of broke my my blog and broke my website because it's had about 4.6 million page views 
since I wrote it, which is, I mean, still, I find that mind boggling. I don't, don't quite understand how that happened, but I'm not going to complain. <laughs> exactly. How many years ago was the uh, OBS article, the Facebook Live? OBS? That was 2016. Still, yeah, so four, four yeah. years ago. And you keep updating your article too, right? To make it more relevant too. How often do you do that? Uh, so I, it's probably, I mean, three or four times a year, I will do that. And uh, I've got some other articles now that I'm trying to point people towards. So I've d- done another article on the, the top live streaming tools because I think, although OBS Studio, so that article was mainly on OBS Studio, although it's still a good option for some people, uh, the, you know, the, everything's moved on so quickly and there are so many in my view, better tools or better solutions for people. So I'm now trying to kind of get people towards those. Um, but that's great. You know, people will come into that article uh, and then I can direct them to to my newer articles too. And that works really well. That's wonderful. And since then, would you say that it's around that same time, 2016, you started to, or actually 2015, you started blogging and you start building a business around that. And what we mean by business is people are reaching out to to you for consulting. And obviously you can increase your rates as you go along, uh, su- supply, demand. Yeah. And then you start producing these courses as well. And they're very reasonably priced. So would you say that's kind of a general flow of how you're able to scale your business over time? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't follow what I did because it took me such a long time. I've, I've learned so many things. I and mean, then my biggest obstacle was my, my mindset and my, I, I kept doubting myself. And so back in 2016, when I launched this course, I thought nobody's going to buy it. But then people did. And I was, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I kept on thinking, I was waiting for the first email that would say, your course is really bad. I want a refund. And it never came. Um, now I kind of look back on that time and I think, what? complete idiot I was. You know, I, I just, I, I think I, you, have to, you have to work a lot on your mindset. But yes, it was, once I got my confidence, what it, was, it was the courses. Um, and, and then the other, the other thing was from then, it was then consultancy and coaching, which I absolutely love. I adore. Um, so uh, that's, that uh, is something that then came from that. Uh, and then the other thing I do is I work with companies. So as a brand ambassador. So once I got a, got a name for myself and I was seen as being an expert in the world of live video. So that, that's my area. Uh, I was then, I've been able to be paid by um, companies, tool companies in particular, to work with them to get their name out there. Um, one of the things that's really important to me, though, of course, is objectivity. I want to be seen as somebody who uh, uh, can recommend different tools to different situations. But that, that was where, where, where all, all of the, the blogs that I wrote and the live videos that I produced enabled me to get to that point. So that, that's, that's been my journey. Thank you for sharing your journey. Uh, I think you opened up this little Pandora box a bit. We, we are broadcasting on a Restream Studio. We talked about that. You're using it. Great. I wanted to kind of, you know, uh, like lay the ground. But what are some of your, you know, top three, five, I would say, uh, separately? Uh, I'm trying to read. What would be your top three to five like multi-streaming applications for people who are hearing multi-stream simulcast for the first time is basically when you can go live in, you know, uh, on multiple platforms that could be, you know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at once. And, you know, Facebook, even pages, groups, your personal pages all at once. So you do need a third party uh, integration. So yeah, as opposed yeah. to natively. Um, yeah. What are some of your top choices? Well, it's, it's interesting because a, a lot of the tools don't have the multicasting, multi-streaming facility 
built in. So like when I started with OBS Studio, you know, it doesn't have that facility. So you have to use a second service. So for me, that would still be Restream. There are other ones. There's, um, I actually forgot the name of it. What's the other one? A it's a switch, switchboard, switchboard Live. That's the one, Switchboard Live. Um, so that that would be... So you, so you could use so there are, so there are different. It's probably important to talk about the different types of multi-streaming first. So there is like a you can use a tool with a multi-streaming service like Restream to use Stream to Restream and then Restream then streams it out to all your different platforms, a different destinations. So there's there's that type of tool. Then there's a tool like Wirecast, which I've been using quite for, for, for many years. Wirecast is a more uh, like higher end professional tool. It starts of around six or seven hundred dollars. So it's not not particularly cheap. Um, but with that, you can and, and if you have a really powerful computer and, and really a good amount of bandwidth, you can actually broadcast to all the channels for, directly from your computer. So you're sending a stream to Facebook and a stream to YouTube at the same time. But you you do need to have a really decent computer for that. Mm-hmm. Then there are some web apps out there. So um, yeah, you mentioned StreamYard. StreamYard has the so it, it works in the browser works on PCs and Macs, and that allows you to broadcast to, um, to to multicast to those different destinations. And then recently, Restream has launched Studio. And so this is, again, it, this works in the browser. So you don't have to use the third-party tool like OBS Studio or Ecamm. You can just use, you just go on to the Restream Studio and it broadcasts directly to... Um, to all those different channels for you. So this is really cool. You can you can invite guests on and you can uh, multi-stream to all those different ones. Or, too. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, which is awesome. And then, of course, the other thing that you can do, you can still use a third-party tool like Ecamm. Ecamm Live is, is probably one of my favorite tools out there. It's Mac only, unfortunately. But it, this it integrates fully with Restream. So this allows you to to use all the different, you can like use pre-recorded video and Show you can do the really uh, snazzy stuff. <laughs> All right, ready for Ian. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can so you can add different overlay. I mean, you can do this in in Restream Studio to a to a point, but I can do things like I can change my camera. Um, I can add overlays like that. I can go back to there. That's my one camera actually. Let's go to there. Um, I can add my theme music for uh, the ending of my show as well. So I can go switch to this. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. And then I can switch back. So I'm I'm using I'm using a Stream Deck, which is this box that I connect to my computer with these keys, and I can just I programmed them all, so I can just change my camera angle. I can change to a different, um, a, a, you know, different video. If I've got a guest on, this this will look really strange. But um, I, I, I can have, so I had Jan Zayak on there. So he would appear on the, the right box. Um, of, there's, a, there's a grid, basically, for podcast listeners. There's a grid there, so you can't um, mm-hmm. see that. But, uh, and then I, I can have, I don't know whether this is going to work. No, that's probably not going to work. But yeah, I've got different buttons that I can, I can change around. So that, that's really good. You can add overlays, you can add widgets. And pro- probably the, the thing I really love is that it integrates so Ecamm integrates with the Restream Comments API, which sounds a bit complicated. But basically, what that means is that whenever anyone leaves a comment on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, I can see that on Ecamm Live, and I can um, highlight that on the screen for everyone to see, including mm-hmm. their avatar as well. And that people love. People love mm-hmm. to see them. I mean, 
I don't know. The world's a bunch of is full of narcissists. Maybe no, I'm joking. But we, people love to see themselves, don't they, yeah. on the on the screen? And 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 so actually, that that's a really great uh, feature as well. Wow. So you mentioned there's like a not switchboard. There's a there's a board where you can press different buttons with presets. What, what yes. is it called? What does it look like? So let's see if I can hold it up to the camera. I've got I've got actually got two. So this is one of them. Um, so this is my. So, so I, if, if I, can, I can actually switch my lights on and off uh, and I've got uh, different, different settings on there. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then I've got, so that is the cheaper one. And then I'm not sure I can necessarily lift this up. Oh, I might be able to. This is the big one. Oh, it's got the Stream Deck. Stream Deck. Yes, the Stream Deck. So this is the Stream Deck XL. Mm-hmm. And you can see on that, I don't know if you can see, but I've got got different different scenes in Ecamm. So I could just press this. So I've got, I've structured my show. So uh, I've got, for example, I've got my pre-video scene, the pre-show scene. I've got my, the theme music, which I showed you. I've got the guest intro. I've got split names. So it's similar to what you've got on your show. I've got just my guest on on their own. Uh, I've got the ending. Uh, I've got screen share, and then I've also got my sponsor videos as well. So when I when I'm talking about my sponsor, I have a a, a background video because I'll also use a green screen for some of those. And um, so it's just really really easy for me to when I'm going live. I don't want to be fiddling around with the technology. I just yeah. want to press a button and it works. How do you program this? I, I'm going to download the ebook, but how, how is, is Stream Deck? And then what is it just? Well, so. So no, no. So, so the Stream Deck is made by a company called Elgato. And it's, you don't actually necessarily need to use it with live, live video software. You, you can do it. You can program it for, uh, you can use it with pretty much anything you like. And as mm-hmm. I said, it, it works with switching lights on and off and things like that. Um, so, so that's pretty cool. I mean, if, if I put my lights off, yeah, do it. So, I can do that. So wow. let's hope they go back on again. <laughs> There we go. Um, so you can do things like that. Um, but yeah, it comes with software, uh, the, um, sorry, the uh, Stream Deck software, and it's so easy to, easy to use. So you basically just um, uh, choose which button you want to program. And Ecamm, for example, they have a plugin, so you can just drag in the Change Scene button to, to there, and you can change the scene that way. It works with OBS Studio. It works with Wirecast. Um, it doesn't yet work with, um, Restream Studio or, or other stuff, but I'm pretty sure they'll they'll be adding that. I mean, they're adding loads of stuff over time. So, um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Very very easy to use. It might sound complicated, but when you download the software, it's it's really easy. There, there are three. Let me think. There are three uh, Stream Decks, and there's also a, actually there's a, an iPhone and Android app as well. So you can actually turn your phone into. Um, into into a into a stream deck. Now it doesn't have that same tactile feel. So one of the great things about this is when you press the button, it feels like you're actually pressing a button. Yeah, I so love that, that. So that so so that feels good. So yeah, just looking at Amazon, <laughs> looking at Amazon at the moment. The so this is rough price. The the mini one, which I wouldn't recommend because it's only got six buttons. It's eighty three dollars. Yeah. The 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 one I'd probably go for is the it's just called the Stream Deck. Okay. That's one hundred and fifty dollars. So it's it's totally not cheap, it. yeah. But definitely, but if your budget can stretch to this, yeah, 
And it is amazing. And is the XL version. And that is only 50, well, it's about $50, $60 more. So it's yeah. about $208 at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is something that you don't need to, to, to don't use this as an excuse not to go live. Right. Don't say, I need to get one of these before I press the go live button. Don't do that. But it certainly enhances things if you use software like uh, Wirecast, OBS, or, or Ecamm Live. Um, definitely does. I, I love that. I love the fact that you pointed that out. It's it's so fun to chat with you. I I, I know that uh, you know I blocked forty five minutes and we're approaching an hour mark. Um, man, it's been you know such a pleasure. Ian, what are some of the things that you would like to you know you usually share with people? But some of the questions I haven't asked that are important to live streaming, multi streaming. Oh my goodness! There's so much. Um, there's so much to talk about. I mean, I've, I've, I, I think I can't, I can't um, highlight the importance of preparation uh, enough. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I definitely recommend creating. It doesn't need to be a sauna, but some kind of process management tool. Even if it, you're just listing everything that you need to do before you go live, including the first things that you are going to say. I don't know whether you've ever had this, but I've certainly had this, is you press the go live button and then your mind goes blank, your brain goes. And so actually, I, I, I treat myself like a complete idiot and I actually will write down the first few things that I'm going to say, uh, including my name, not that I'm going to forget my name, but you never know. So, I will, so the first thing I will say to people, I will say, thank you so much for watching the, and then whatever the name of the show is, yeah. I'll introduce myself, but I'll also say hello to my first viewers on the show. My first viewers are actually from the future. They're my replay viewers because the likelihood is my uh, live viewers won't have had time to to see it yet. Mm -hmm. So I'll say thank you so much for watching the replay of this show. Uh, And and then I'll say, in today's show, I'm going to be talking about this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And the other thing you can also do is you can have a bit of a teaser. So you can say, at the end of the show, I'm going to be sharing something Really exciting. So please make sure that you uh, stay to the end. I'm going to be showing this new tip or this new tool with you. And that's, that's, a, that's trying to get people to, to go to the end, to, to listen, view, view to the end. At that point, hopefully you've got some live viewers. You can start to introduce, to, to say hello to them, highlight them on, on the screen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, other things you can, can do, this, so this is not necessarily right from the start, but you know, on Facebook, you can use uh, tools like ManyChat for... Um, for bots. So you can, there's a, there's a really cool tool, uh, feature that I haven't played around with that much, but it's one of the, the things I want to be doing over the next few months is you can actually uh, ask people to leave a particular comment and the ManyChat will actually send them a message on, on Facebook Messenger. to So you, for example, if uh, you have a free download on something, you can say, if you want to have this new download, uh, this new ebook that I've created, just put ebook in the comments. Mm-hmm. And if they type the word ebook, uh, ManyChat will then send them the ebook by uh, Facebook Messenger, which is pretty cool. So, so many things. I mean, we could probably talk for another two or three podcast episodes. Um, yeah. But uh, those are some ideas. But yeah, do structure the show. Uh, structure it in a way that makes sense for your live viewers. So do in- make sure that you're answering questions, you're engaging with them. Mm-hmm. I've seen lots of live shows where they're totally ignoring live viewers. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. But you also want to make sure that 
you're not ignoring your replay audience. Because if you spend too much time with your your live viewers and you're going, hi, hi, I can see, you know, then this could be really boring for your replay viewers. So there's a, there's a balance between those two things. Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. I can already see how the show notes of this episode is going to go. And since <laughs> I am pivoting and shifting my YouTube channel to talk a lot more about multi-streaming, I, I really can see how I want to repurpose this and, you know, five, 10 minute piece segments where I can reintroduce our conversation in an even more meaningful way. So um, do you have uh, maybe time for just like two more questions? I was just wondering. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, please, please go ahead. I've actually thought of a few other things about multicasting that, um, that, that might help as well. So I, you know, a lot of people is like, okay, live stream, multi-streaming. And I, I guess this is a more general question that live streaming has existed on different platforms for a while. Periscope for Twitter, Facebook yeah. Live, now Instagram Live. Um, versus multi-streaming from a third-party tool, OBS or Restream. Do you think there is a, a, a penalty? People say even like a penalty because when you don't go live on the native platform, sometimes your stream isn't as favored. Or you see where I'm going with this? It's just like sometimes I, I, I yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. Of going live in all places all at once because it's so convenient for content creators. But is it hurting them in some ways or? Well, so so is your question because there's, there's kind of almost two ways we could go with this. There's there's the question that um, just using a third party tool. Some people would say using a third party tool um, somehow, like Facebook and, and other other platforms, will like demote you because yeah. they want you to use their platform. They want you to go live from the from the from the mobile app, for example. Yeah. Um, and and of course, I, I've, there's the the thing that won't go away, which is using like a scheduling tool like uh, Hootsuite or Google Pulse. Yeah, yeah. Like somehow using that will demote your content, and that won't go away. Or the, so so I think the answer to that is no. Facebook doesn't demote your content, and there's been lots and lots of research that goes into that. Whether it's a, a, a live live video tool or whether it's um, a scheduling tool, but. I think, and this brings me on to the multicasting, so I will get onto this, but I think this is really important because if you use a third-party scheduling tool or if you multicast using a third-party tool, it can make you more lazy. And when you create lazy content, it's not going to be as engaging. And so your, your, view, your views, your, your reach is going to go down. And so that's the danger with multicasting. It's a powerful powerful tool, a powerful way to go live. But it's it's also it can it can for if you are a lazy marketer, it can then just mean, well, I'm gonna go live everywhere and I'm gonna treat my audience all the same. And I'm and that's that's not good. And that's that's that can create that's lazy content. And I think that's going to um potentially uh, mean that your reach will go down. It's not because Facebook is actually um demoting it. So that just means that this is not to say that multicasting is bad. It absolutely isn't. I'm a big advocate of it. But it just means that you need to be smart with it and you need to make sure that you are um, talking to your the different audiences on all the different platforms in a different way and you're, you're approaching the promotion in a different way and the, po- and the post-promotion as well and the repurposing in a different way for each audience. Yeah, I, this is great. And uh, I thought about that too. Now we're going live on YouTube and Facebook. And mm. for right now, that audience overlaps for me quite a bit, creative creative and fitness entrepreneurs. 
But sometimes over time, that audience may change or just shift a bit. And not to mention that I'm also going live on my personal page, which mostly family and friends. And that's something mm. I, I would like to ask you as well when it comes to the family and, and friends part. I mm. like to show people what I'm doing. It's totally up to them whether they want to watch it or not. Some people do, some people don't, right? And, you know, I, I know that this doesn't fall under the baby and puppy pictures on Facebook, which is <laughs> the most popular content out there. Um, but it has benefited a lot of my family. So I do you think, you know, I get this question all the time by my mastermind folks be like, maybe they don't, maybe family and friends don't care. Should I go live there at all? Yeah, so I, th I think it's good. So it kind of depends. So like on my on my Facebook profile. So I I personally, for my business stuff, I will mainly go live on my page. Mm -hmm. Mainly the reason for that is because I can I can do utilize Facebook ads and and I can use MediChat and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but some but. I have gone live on my profile. I've done really quite well because I'm connected with a lot of my business colleagues and friends on there as well. Right. Um, I'm probably going to be doing my friends' heads in, those who, who don't understand what I do. And, you know, <laughs> but I mean, they don't have to watch it. So I, th I think it really depends. But, you know, there's a kind of a, another question in there, which I, I know you didn't ask, which is how much of our personal life do we put into our into our content, into our business. And this has got to be totally up to you. Um, but I do involve my, my family a little bit in my content. Uh, so for example, when I did my first uh, broadcast, so actually we had a party and I got my kids and we had cake and we, we, had, we had some fun. And so, yeah, that went out on my personal profile because um, my, my friends wanted to celebrate with me. It, it was a business achievement, but it was also a bit of fun too. So there's, sometimes there's a bit of a hybrid approach. And a friend of mine, uh, Jeff C., who does a lot of live streaming. He works for a social media examiner as, as well as uh, works, uh, does a lot of live streaming for um, quite a few people, uh, businesses out there. And he does a lot of business stuff, but he also goes live, he live streams on his personal profile uh, and he, he does carving. He does wood carving every night. And they just, it, so they, it's not a business thing, but they do occasionally talk about business things. And the fact that he's actually being seen to go live he actually, he actually does get work uh, from that, although it's 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 not actually directly a business um, business show. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. This is great. I, I think in short, give your family and friends a shot. Maybe they if they want to tune in, great. <laughs> if not, that's okay too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're also people. They may most of them may be not your audience, and that's okay. So, last question, I promise. And uh, <laughs> feel free to add more. The one thing I struggle with, including this conversation, is I I know where I need to look. As a YouTuber, I know where I need to look, which is the camera. Like, I should be talking to Ian this way. Like, this is the most engaging one. Yeah. But because uh, this is not, we're not going on live on Zoom, I can't really shrink this window to a tiny little box and put it really close to my webcam. Mm. It's mm. actually on a web page. I founded, I, I was very uh, desperate and eager to actually look at you on my screen, which means my my eyesight, it's, it's lower. So I, I guess that the right way is this fully aware, like how do people combat that and like oh. kind of tweak it? <laughs> great, great, great question. And uh, I mean, I actually noticed myself um, just last week. I, I don't know what happened, but I was, I was looking, so I was actually looking like this. So it, it looks like I'm looking away from the camera because I actually, on my camera, I've got the my LCD screen. So I end up looking at myself. But if, if I actually was to look at you now, this is 
I'm actually looking at you now. So you're quite far down. Mm-hmm. So I actually have to look away from you. And this is, it's, it's a very human thing, isn't it? To look at somebody else. Yeah. Whether it's yourself, because if you're doing a live show, you know, you'll, you'll, it'll only be you. And it's not that we're being a narcissist and we want to look at ourselves. It's just, mm-hmm. that's the way we're wired. We're wired to, to look at another human being. Mm-hmm. And so it takes time and practice to do this. And it probably took me about a couple of months to train myself out of this. I think some people would be able to do it much quicker than I. And the way I did it was very, very low tech. And so what I did is um, I actually just printed out, um, I just got a piece of paper and put a big hole in it, put four red arrows pointing to the middle and I put that behind my webcam. (laughs) And I know that sounds silly, but it really, really worked. If you want to be a little bit, I don't know, this, this is probably, another thing I would probably recommend now is get a printout of, uh, your, I don't know, a, a best friend of yours or your your perfect client or somebody, somebody, and actually just put that behind the camera, just a yeah. picture off the head, and and you can look uh, yeah. look at it that way. But you see, what's really important is that you don't just. A lot of people say you need to look at the camera. Yeah. I actually would say you need to look through the camera. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually looking through, and I'm imagining that you're behind through that camera, yeah. Yeah. and uh, the, so the only way really is to keep practicing, and mm-hmm. you will find yourself moving away. Like I did a couple of weeks ago, I ended up kind of looking at myself and, and, and I thought, I looked back at my videos and I thought, what, I'm like, what are you doing, Ian? You know, what on earth are you doing? So watch your, watch your videos back and yeah. make sure that you, you know, you test what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, that, that's a, another really good tip. And uh, absolutely. When I, do, when I do YouTube videos on my own, I have no issues. I know exactly where to look. I feel extremely comfortable now, six months in. It's just when I have another person on yeah. my screen and the person who I'm actually engaging with and talking to, sometimes just by watching your facial expression and all that, it really helps me. So so it's much more interesting and helpful to me. But I, I'm going to learn, you know, how to not look at you or or even move you out of the screen, move the browser out of the screen so I can actually look at my my camera, webcam. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so there are there are ways. I mean, I, I my my setup isn't perfect at the moment. I think what I want to 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 do is is to have another monitor where that's actually going to be a little bit further away, very close to the camera. And so you you could probably buy very inexpensive HDMI monitors or whatever, and, and just have and and so you can you could duplicate the screen and just have it very very close to the camera. That might be one way. But I still. My issue with that is I still would probably find myself looking down and it wouldn't, it would, unless you, so I have actually thought about whether I could like hack a teleprompter mm-hmm. to actually somehow show the video. Mm-hmm. And so, but I mean, yeah, that's probably taking things to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many things to tweak, but oh my yeah. God, this is so helpful and it's been such a special conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time all the no, way from I appreciate the UK. It. This episode of the Face World podcast is brought to you by Face World LLC, our marketing service agency created for independent creators and businesses. We offer website development, video production, marketing mentorship to people who want to tell better stories, level up, and create a profitable brand. Face World podcast team are chief editor and producer Herman Ceballos, associate producer Adam Leffert, social media and content manager Rose De Leon. Transcript editor Alina Ahmedova, and lastly, myself, the creator and host of Phase World. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>